0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Comics and Pop-Tarts podcast channel. I'm your host, Inevitable Mike, awesome comic book editor, writer, podcast entrepreneur, and sometimes marketer. Uh, Before we get to our guest, I'd like to uh, announce that Wild Oni is coming to Kickstarter soon, so I got that pre-reg page up if everybody could go to Ink dot pub slash wild oni for samurai's supernatural onis and vengeance and so much more we we've got a lot of cool stuff planned so my guest tonight the freelance professional comic book artist 23 wonderful years his most notable employers include marvel dc comics nickelodeon image dark horse idw boom simon and schuster and steve jackson games that's a long list it also includes a bunch of other projects you might have heard hellboy Wild Blue Yonder, Shaun of the Dead, my favorite zombie horror satire movie, Venom, Wolverine, G.I. Joe, the list goes on and on and on and on. He's fresh off the cusp for WonderCon and C2E2, the Super Bowl of Comic-Cons, and I'm excited to have him here as a guest tonight, Zach Howard, my friend, with your brand new book, Moonshine Bigfoot. What's up, brother?
1: Holy hell, that was wonderful. Quite a build up there, man. Thank thanks, you.
0: thanks. I've been refining that just for this moment. <laughs> <No> <laughs>
1: lie, better. I need to hire you for all my PR. So, hey, let's go. Uh, I'm, well,
0: I'm wait, doing wait, well.
1: Uh, we're wait, working wait, hard. Uh, kick, kickstarter's kicking butt. Uh, glad you're having me. I'm happy to chat about the project or anything else you wish. Um, cool. Yeah. Excited <laughs> again. Thanks for the buildup, man. I guess I've been around.
0: <laughs> 23 years i guess it's hard to kind of remember how how, how much you've been around um, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's yeah. an exciting career you've had man i'm sure there are lots of people and I, that would be interested to know like how you got from from here to here to here to here to here and we could probably have a long conversation but like the industry you are a very busy person i'm sure so we'll try to wrap this up within the hour but let's start by telling us your experience of writing WonderCon and C2E2, those are some of the biggest comic cons that we have in the comic book book industry and C2E2 is kind of like, it's kind of like the, uh, the world's fair that happened in 1803. where <laughs> Technology was just running its course at the highest level it could before capitalism came down and brought the, the gray blocks and destroyed all the pretty stuff.
1: Well, uh, the C2E2 is actually probably the best con I've been to in a very, very long time, at least a decade, uh, this last one. I was a guest there uh, promoting uh, Moonshine Bigfoot, uh, but also probably what greased the wheels for me being a guest was uh, my uh, latest Hellboy story with Mike Mignola and I, uh, Dave Stewart, was just collected last November. It's called uh Effie uh the Return of Effie Kolb. Hellboy and the BPRD, The Return of Effie Kolb. Uh it was great. Uh did really well, sold out, but uh it it hit right right when COVID was hitting. So they uh-huh. didn't do any collections or anything. So the book or new printings. So the books actually were pretty hard to find there for a little bit. So I'm excited. That's out. Uh but uh, uh bouncing off of that, yeah. Uh moonshine was uh really well received at c2e2 uh we were doing a deal anybody who backed it got a free five by i know it's three by five commission moonshine big well really anything you wanted we did wolverine and i mean she Hulk. you know death everything you can think of uh, right. for commissions we yeah, did about did. 45 of them at the show that was pretty exciting uh uh It reached its goal in 11 hours, which was also cool, which I'm sure you know as well. So uh, that one uh, couldn't have been a better convention, and the vibe was out of control. Felt like uh, the first real con, like I said, in a very long time, probably since the first two Denver Comic Cons before it got bought and sold. Uh, And as far as WonderCon goes, I actually wasn't at that one. Chris Ryle, my editor-slash- Uh, publisher imprint, my image imprint of Syzygy uh, Press, which is Ashley Wood's company. Anyways, long uh, convoluted string there. Regardless, he (laughs) did an image presentation where they're announcing Francis Ford Coppola and uh, his his new imprint or new series with uh, Chris Ryle and, and Image. And also right after that, they did Moonshine Bigfoot, which did pretty well as a trailer on the big screen. Uh, supposedly got a big response, but they might just be blowing sunshine up my butt but uh, to make me happy, but uh, supposedly did well. People were pretty excited about it, and the response has been great, and again, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, no problem, man. Thanks, thanks for coming on to my little show here, my little slice of paradise. I call it the Tarty <laughs> Party, the Tart Cave. It's, it's predicated on my, my Pop-Tart moniker, who kind of looks like Batman in, in, Thor's, in Thor's get-up. Uh, which I love so much because who thought the Pop Tart would ever have that much power? Well, it
1: definitely was quite uh, uh, ubiquitous with my childhood. And I think a lot of people of my age group uh, having a Pop Tart for breakfast. So uh, uh, that was
0: the thing, though, wasn't it? That was the exactly. nostalgia. It was
1: Pop Tart. What was your and, flavor? Uh, what was your jam? What, oh,
0: if, if you, you know, just choose one. Got <laughs> to you know, your head. You know, you know what? When Pop Tarts first came out, they had two, right? They had brown sugar and they had strawberry. Like, yes, that was that was the only two for a while, and then um, they 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 came out with cherry after that. Um, and then uh, my favorite, which probably came out like, God, this makes me feel so old. Like eighteen years ago, maybe even <laughs> ten years ago, was the wild berry.
1: And yeah, it, see, that's even beyond my time. That's how old I am. So we, back in my time, we didn't have wild berries. We just had domesticated single <laughs> flavor berries that uh, were stuffed into our uh, processed Pop-Tarts. Mine was, yeah. My jam was cherry. But growing up in the military forever, all I could get were those like brown sugar cinnamon ones. Yeah. And uh, they're okay. <laughs> They'll do. But uh, for whatever reason, cherry did it for me, man.
0: My uh, my grandpa always called them crap carbs. They were crap. Yeah, carbs. They pretty much
1: are. <laughs> I mean, they probably give you ass cancer within minutes. But uh, uh, sometimes worth it, man. A good pop tart. So uh,
0: He heated up just right. They they had a. I brought my son a chocolate chip uh, last week, and I heated it up in the in the microwave or not the microwave the uh, the toaster for him, and it it I, I pretty much blew his mind. And mine, because <laughs> I didn't realize that Pop Tarts were cookies, because it tasted like a real good chocolate chip cookie just warmed out of the fresh out of the oven, you know, like, like grandmas used to do back in the day before there was uh, car services that would bring you fresh baked goods to your house. Um, it's the future, Michael. <laughs> it's know. madness. I have to wrap so, up.
1: <laughs> Pop Tart, just madness. So. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I well that's cool the, you got an interesting name for an angle for your podcast i, I plan uh, on
0: bringing that brand to life in a in a, in a small series of ash cams called power tarts
1: uh, well there you go it yeah, hasn't that. happened yet <laughs> well that can be the next kickstarter yeah yeah it could be i gotta i gotta finish the first one though
0: First one's got a (laughs) punch down the walls and then chat GPT has been blowing my mind with some of the work that I've been doing with it, which is exponentially faster than I could hire artists to make stuff.
1: Well, don't steal
0: too much art. Oh, (laughs) no, 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 no. not, not, not art. No. I I like minute journey for, I like mid journey and visual AI for the conceptual tool that it is. I would, I don't think I'd ever use the AI, the AI to produce art in actual comic books. I know I've seen people train it to look like comic book stuff, but I would much rather have a human refined touch to it. Um, I,
1: I think you're, I I think you're leaning towards the right direction. It's yeah. a massively potent tool, and yeah. holy shit, is it going to be five years from now whatever we're doing is going to be laughable uh, as far as that technology curve is going Probably. I just truly worry about people in my profession just getting steamrolled because of lazy yeah. idiots where it's an amazing tool say you're developing mood boards for movies or even a comic book and you're trying to get feels and palettes and, and explore ideas it's and and just humor i've seen absolutely hilarious things done and and uh you know who who knows where it will go but it certainly uh, worries the the hell out of me uh as far as the devastation it can lay to the, the illustrative mediums so it's 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 interesting it's like the nuclear weapon for for artwork uh, you know it's it is it's, but... the end, it's the end all be all but uh Wow, could it lay waste if uh, used incorrectly?
0: Could be, but the, the, the biggest Achilles heel that AI has is that is electronic. So, I mean, the smallest the smallest negative charge can kill an electronic device. So, <laughs> I mean, well, there you go.
1: AI, I, okay. AI, no like case. I tell digital artists if they get too uppity, well, when the power goes out, I'm still an effing artist. <laughs> and, and, uh, exactly. I can still draw <laughs> if, if the light bulb. And, and,
0: yeah. and I inject that into the conversation when people talk about it, especially like the the AI uprising nuts, right? Like, oh, yeah, it's gonna take over the world. I'm like, just because Sophia got her her independence in 2017 in Saudi Arabia doesn't mean she's planning a globalist takeover <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Because an EMF is just enough to like wipe her off the face of the earth, and and if AI are really that intelligent, they know that. So <laughs>
1: it's gonna be, yeah. Well, well, I'm moving to the mountains. You guys have fun,
0: yeah. It's <laughs> you up there. Uh, make sure you find <laughs> a, a, a freshwater spring side of the mountain. We got one,
1: we're good to go. Yeah. Water just gonna put a nice uh environmental straw sticking right out of the, the, the spring,
0: yeah, Going right to my mouth of <laughs> my mountain <laughs> running through some bamboo.
1: Yes, yeah. yes, exactly, That's exactly. Awesome. I've seen I've seen uh,
0: some of those people and uh, uh, some of those indigenous in Amazon do a lot of cool things with just basic iron tools uh, on those quick videos like on reels. Um, yeah, there was two brothers in the Amazon who built like a huge two two story house out of the 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 bamboo brush that they have there, and then <laughs> because of the clay because of the clay. Dirt that's around them. It's so compact, and when it rains, it gets it gets really compact and hard. They built yeah. like a pool, stone steps. Um, they even they even built like little chairs and stuff to go next to cool. Wow, I wish we had the stuff out here. I'd live in something like that. But uh, let's, deep, let's, get, let's let's get to the book, man. Enough about AI. That's it's a good. Nice conversation for another time. Moonshine Bigfoot.
1: Yes world, sir.
0: Rolled into Wondercon and it's blowing it's blowing people's minds. The campaign's doing awesome. But tell us man, who is Moon, what is Moonshine Bigfoot about and and who are the characters? What's their stories?
1: All right. So in short, it's basically uh, 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 my kind of high concept pitch would be is uh, it's a uh, kind of a loving satire of 70 80s Americana making fun of it but uh, also recalling kind of the fun innocence of the time whether perceived you know a reality actual reality or not objective reality or not Um, so it's it's basically a comedy uh, that started with uh, uh, one of my uh, uh, actor friends uh, who's also a screenwriter uh, well theater writer I don't even know uh what that would be called. He make, he writes plays, people, but uh, regardless uh, uh, we were uh, coming back from a road trip from a convention that we did, and uh, we were just making fun of like how Hollywood always reboots like you know, the, the Duke's a hazard, but they they don't really inject any, any real soul or love into the characters, the story, or, or respect the genre. You know, obviously, Dukes of Hazzard comes with its own social issues that didn't don't represent well nowadays uh, as far as uh, the Dixieland crap that was in it. But you didn't really realize that as a kid. You just watched Bo and Duke outsmart a fat guy and an idiot sheriff. And uh, uh, that's what you loved it for. You really didn't understand, you know, who General Lee was and what he represented and things like that so um when we were mocking it as like instead of trying to just retread a tire make it your own do something fun finally i said like have bigfoot driving the car and that eventually led to bigfoot running moonshine to you know us just coming up with this invented world where bigfoot existed and he was running moonshine and hot rods in the alabama georgia border you know and it it, ended up being 1981 you know uh america which thus the americana part of this and we bring in uh, all sorts of tropes from uh 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 like he'll be running bj and the bear off the road and (laughs) and uh, a few few callbacks to You know, a lot of the fun shows of the time or even the first wave of anime like Speed Racer and things like that. We're bringing in a lot of that flavor um, just to uh, basically uh, uh, a nice shiny uh, gem for Gen Xers. Not not that it won't be funny for whoever the hell you are, but uh, so far it seems to be people of my generation seem... I don't know. You see diamonds in their eyes when they watch the trailers and stuff. So I think we hit on something very good and we're pulling out, I I think a lot of fun, you know, uh, 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 parts of entertainment and, and uh, uh, pop entertainment, really anything from that era. Uh, We even have uh, how silly our universe is. We have Ronald Reagan as a character. He's actually, uh, a resurfaced Chuck E. Cheese animatronic doll that uh, uh, acts as the president. So he say he's at the middle of the State of the Union address the, in Congress or wherever the hell they give it. And suddenly he goes into a 20 minute pizza deal song, uh, uh, you know, and goes on and everybody's just light, politely listening, not really paying attention. He goes back into his speech. Nobody the wiser. Nobody seems to care um we have a lot of wacky stuff like that uncle pineapple the the disgraced former child tv star um and his uh, puppet run the black market of the south and he's a constant drunk that's just puking while his bird is running the business and uh uh we got of course bigfoot who's just a a good old boy trying to make do in this world uh, running his family uh, moonshine business and we have a a, a Wonderfully funny opening for kind of an Easter egg for uh, uh, comic book readers uh, or fans of comic book legacy. We pull upon the Superman opening, and uh, uh, baby Bigfoot is is uh, put on a logging truck by his parents right before you know the the Bigfoot parents' forest burns down. Uh, uh, he bumps off in uh, rural Georgia, and uh, a pair of kindly uh, uh, childless moonshiners find them and raise them as their own. And the the townsfolk just take him as one of their own as just the hairy kid. And, uh, he has an awesome girlfriend now named Amethyst. Who's kind of a moon child hippie girl, uh, but also makes a living by selling pictures of her feet in the back of catalogs. <laughs> and it's uh, pretty proud of it. And, uh, 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 the inciting incident, uh, I guess, of the story, or we don't even see this part of the incident, but what happens is Amethyst, while she's blessing some of her sweaty socks to sell in the moonlight, accidentally drops her psilocybin uh, mushrooms uh, next to the the moonshine still. Well, unbeknownst to uh, Bigfoot moonshine, he makes the next batch and all these psychedelic mushrooms are growing and uh, Uh, this moonshine Uh, and it's made when people drink it uh, if you ever see the movie like they live it basically gives you the ability to see through propaganda and uh, see the world for how it is which gets the attention of our our version of the Illuminati which is called Big Level which is the mysterious organization that comes after Bigfoot for inventing the thing that can cut through their world control and they're a ridiculous outfit that's been around since, you know, time started. And uh, they have more, they have an inept leader and, you know, the, after a long legacy. and uh, uh, Yeah, we have moonshine Bigfoot hunters that are, are ridiculous. They're called ABFAC. Um, we have all the ridiculous acronyms for the groups hunting him. He has a rival moonshiner named... Crank Torkelson, who always attaches rockets and stuff and tries to outspeed them for moonshine. And and <laughs> basically, uh, a senator gets a hold of his moonshine and he goes on a wacky speech. And that kind of launches the whole thing for big level coming after Bigfoot. We're bringing in the cartoon mask. We're just trying to bring in uh, uh, all the the pop culture back then and entertainment that you know we all saturated ourselves uh when we were you know young youngins in the 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 uh, mid 70s to the mid 80s that that kind of 10-year period where at least to me entertainment just seemed magical whether it was Knight Rider or A-Team or uh hell you had things like M.A.S.H. and just ridiculous things about a wolf boy or or uh who was a Lobo, the sheriff, and, and DJ and the bear. Things were just ridiculous. Our movies were any which way. Everybody had a uh, uh, orangutan or chimpanzee pal that beat the shit out of everyone. Um, <laughs> it was just, I don't know what, it was just like both innocent, and uh, a time of innocence, and a lot of cocaine, as far as I can tell. And uh, whatever it did, it lit my childhood up with all these ridiculous kind of, single note shows, you know, that didn't take themselves too seriously, whether good or bad and kind of everything in between. And that's what Moonshine Bigfoot is, is I'm known for horror. I'm known for all these you know, all my Joe Hill books, the Cape and uh, uh, things that got me a lot of notoriety. I miss doing comedies, uh, which I haven't done one since an old Dark Horse book I did with Sean Murphy called Outer Orbit. Which uh, almost sold as a movie recently. Uh, we're damn close, uh, uh, but it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. But a gay kind of read reminded me how much fun I had in comic books back when I used to not do all these serious stories just constantly, right. which are fun and beautiful. Um, and I think that's kind of where my heart is. But I also like to laugh and not take myself so seriously. And I think if you combine, uh, that thrust with uh, the team that we put together, the team of storytellers and the ability we have. Uh, our colorist Nelson Daniels has been working with me for 13 years. He's at he has four Eisner nods and one actual Eisner. Uh, he and I got uh, an Eisner nod together for best single issue before for uh, the Cape back in 2011. Steve Ellis, who's uh, doing breakdowns uh, and uh, some of the pencils for this series. Uh, hell he has like four Eisner nods and who knows what fantasy awards because he's a famous uh Wizards of the West Coast Magic the Gathering painter now but he also brings this cartoonist energy he used to do Lobo so he brings that craziness to my super highly detailed uh, illustration and where I do finishes on it which are like uh highly detailed inks so like what for those that don't know what finishes are just think like the pencils are taken like two thirds, three quarters to finish. And then I take it and put my stink all over it. So it's a really interesting hybrid of this high-end cartooning of Steve Ellis, who's been doing this for, oh hell, almost 35 years. And then I come over with my hyper-detailed neurotic OCD style. It's made for this. And then Nelson Daniel colors it and that his painting is just off the charts. He's, He's doing these colorful palettes that we just don't do normally and it's whatever we did I think we have lightning in the bottle here and I really 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 hope people at least look at that trailer if you have that link for it because I wow do I sound desperate Watch the damn trailer because it's funny <laughs> and I promise you'll like it. you liked it Michael right?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely man I was I was head over heels when I saw the uh, the original before we, awesome. we the the final cuts on I was like, this is gonna be a story. Man, I can't see yeah. the movie is what exactly what I told Kevin. Uh, cause this oh, awesome. is very much the high concept stuff that Hollywood looks at. And if you look in the content they're putting out there right now, a lot of it's bleak and it's it's horror and it's it's super hardcore, serious, supernatural. And you just you don't see a whole lot of the the absurdity or the national lampoon style comedies anymore. Like this is very much you know, like Henry, H- Harry and the Hendersons meets the fast and furious meets Dukes
1: of hell. It's meets- the last one. I just throw Gru in there oh, it's yeah. <laughs> laugh and laugh. My God, let's make fun of things and, but not in a mean kind of acerbic way. Let's poke yeah. fun at ourselves and everything we love mixed with kind of a, a modern contemporary, beautiful, you know, art style that we're going to, man, we'll curl your effing toes with this thing. So I hope people, I man, I've been blathering. I hope people give us a chance because I haven't been this excited about a, a comic book gig in 15 years, man. I, I, I'm I serious. Not that Hellboy wasn't a dream come true and uh, uh, doing the cape and finding its success and Wild Blue Yonder. They're, they're grinds that are worth it. And Holy cow, did they bring me success and fans and things like that, but Somewhere in my heart, I just want to laugh with my buddies, and that's kind of what this book is. But it's not just shtick. We actually have a damn good story if you, you let us tell it to you, man.
0: Absolutely. And while you're you know, explaining all that, I went ahead and uh, I hit the back button on your campaign.
1: So. Oh, well, hell, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. No problem. Not that it needed it. me to uh, up. We, we got some fun ones, uh, like... <laughs> Uh, We had one where you could be the bartender in the speakeasy, the moonshine speakeasy, which is a speaking role. And that literally went in minutes, which we were stunned. Uh, uh, But we also have one where you can be just bar fly patrons at the speakeasy throughout the series and things like that. We got original art, which is if you want to get the least expensive original art from Steve Ellis and Zach Howard you ever have uh scene uh, that's one way to do it sketch covers rare covers (coughs) uh actually tomorrow we're launching our merchandise for it which will be uh a bevy of t-shirts stickers and our coasters and we made these promotional coasters and they're such a hit we're actually going to make them uh you can get beer coasters but though you can do any beverage i'm told on them um (laughs) they're that special uh but uh we're gonna have an assortment of uh, beer coasters, uh, and eventually we're gonna have a lot more like trucker hats, and uh, you know we're we'll gonna coffee mugs. We got our coffee mugs coming out, and just fun merch too. Eventually, keychains, uh, posters. Uh, we have cover A still for sale, which is gonna be people haven't seen it yet because it's not gonna be finished till the end of the week. But it's uh, an homage to Speed Racer, but with the Moonshine Bigfoot. Uh, characters and I'm doing the '80s movie theme poster, which is uh, I think gonna curl people's toes as well. The pencils are up on the site now, but uh, wow, I can blather when I I uh, want people to support me, can I, Mike?
0: That, that's what this show is about, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, wow, here.
0: Let me ask you a question though. Like, so, have you guys considered maybe actually getting a moonshine Bigfoot flavor for the book?
1: Well, as far as flavor goes, if you mean like beer, we're actually going to have a Moonshine Bigfoot beer made later later this year by uh, a brewery called Onco Brewery out of New York oh. City, which uh, my in-laws run. And it's nice. an A-plus amazing beer, and uh, they're going to design a Moonshine Bigfoot beer, which we'll release at one of these shows for kind of like a Moonshine Bigfoot drink and drop. But I suspect that's not what you were talking about as far as flavor.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was, it was no, you, you had the right idea. I just, I was going to throw it out there, though. My buddy Scott at Three Alarms Comics, uh, when he moved into his new building, he had this, all this space, and he got a partner, and uh, they started a brewing company, and it's right there next to the comic shop. <laughs> like, literally, you have well, to go to the comic book store to walk through the doors to get to the brewery in the back, where he's got a nice little setup for people to sit down. And uh, Well,
1: maybe we, uh... Talk to him about it because that's definitely the direction we want to go. We think we have lightning in the bottle here. Um, Absolutely. and we want, uh, hell, we even love our logo. And it, I, I've never been so excited. The logo is awesome, yeah, thanks. And uh, so awesome. beer would be great. I'd like, uh, that hell, I'm in Colorado. I was talking to a pot shop about possibly doing something. I don't care, I just want things that are fun uh, to be associated with this, uh, property. Uh, uh, and that's what we're doing right now. And, uh, uh, by the way, it's already picked up by image. um going to be out this February. Congratulations. And, uh, uh, even, even better. Here's a cool thing. If you notice you back, but if you, uh, uh, scroll down, there's the stretch goals. We've already reached our first three stretch goals. And that means you get eight books for free at the end of this. And the last two were my sold out uh, cover process sketchbook, which is my most successful, if I can say that normally successful uh, sketchbook uh, that I've done, just ran out of copies. You get the PDF, just any backing level, any backing level, even gas money uh, uh, gets you eight free PDFs, eight free books. And uh, that ends up being two of my sketchbook. The last one is my, most famous one, but also you get the whole graphic novel, volume one of High Moon, which is Steve Ellis's famous graphic novel with DC um, about, I think it was about 10 years ago or the late aughts, Um, but that's been out of print too. So, I mean, I think we got a heck of a deal. You not only get our book, you don't even have to do that. You can do the lowest possible one and you get all eight of these books um, for free at the very end of it. And if it makes it to the next stretch goal, which is uh, uh, 12,500, um, Clara Meath, my studio mate, has super famous sketchbooks. And her four, first four that are out of print, uh, she's putting those up, along with Ashley Wood's uh, book called String Divers. So you get an Ashley Wood book and four Clara Meath sketchbooks. So our campaign, we're trying to reward people for helping us be able to draw this image series um, and actually use it as our job, uh, uh, be able to pay ourselves, uh, a semi living wage, uh, while producing this series. So we don't have to take as many side jobs. And, uh, that's why we're trying to make this as sweet as possible. And I think if people check out the free stretch goals, uh, they'll actually be pretty amazed, uh, that you can get all this for free.
0: <laughs> I love, I love the, uh, the ABF ACH, uh, patrol badge. <laughs>
1: ABFAC. Yes. Those are our uh, bumbling uh, 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 plus I love the patch. Uh, we designed the patch. We, we used an amalgamation of like eight different actual Bigfoot and alien like uh, uh, clubs or whatever the hell they call themselves yeah. uh, uh, groups and they yeah. have like these overriding themes so we tried to make something that matched that and we're very excited. <laughs> that patch will actually be available on a t-shirt as a patch as a sticker everything like that because we're so smitten with it but uh, uh yeah that's our bumbling uh uh, uh triptych of uh, uh bigfoot hunters we have the old guy is is uh an ex nasa guy scientist that you know witnessed bigfoot once and is trying to uh, use all this high-tech equipment uh we got our 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 Demure guy, or not demure, but aloof guy that's probably the smartest that no one ever listens to. And then we got to have our, our boover is our, our big redneck guy that uh, uh, is kind of wearing a rip off John Deere hat that will be our, our bumbling, uh, you know, redneck idiot trope with a heart of gold, though. And Bigfoot kind of fools around with him a little bit. He finds it fun screwing with him. So he's kind constantly leading them like paying the local kids to put on big feet and walk around the forest and stuff pays them in slim gyms uh, to, <laughs> uh, to screw around with these they actually are going to witness an event in the first that aliens exist too that involves big level and everything like that so uh we have a menagerie of wild characters you'll even see the chupacabra on a secret mission during it that does that uh coincides with our epilogue um we just yeah pretty darn happy we got our ubiquitous uh southern sheriff uh out to get bigfoot and uh uh you know i don't know i'm just so smitten i hope people check it out because we already have a lot up there and we got every week we're gonna have more stuff uh for the new next two and a half weeks that this is up uh, we have add-ons, merchandise. I think our merch is pretty cool. Even if you, the the Bigfoot moonshine, Bigfoot symbol that he has—it's the Bigfoot skull and crossbone, or Bigfoot and crossbones. I guess I should come up for, with a real name with it. It looks so good as a T-shirt. You don't even have to know the damn uh, property or be a supporter of it. It just looks good. So I hope people check it out, man. Not to mention eight free books already you get for just supporting this. Cause we've already reached our first three stretch goals. So and just signing up today, eight free books.
0: And that's, that's difficult to do the stretch the stretch goals. Uh, it's not something that every campaign pushes through, especially all of them. And there's one left. So, but, uh, fear not. I will make sure that all the links required go in the, uh, show notes for this episode. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm on iHeartRadio and Spotify. Oh, oh Awesome. And Apple, and all those other ones, uh, every one of them except for uh, Pandora. Well, screw I'm you,
1: Pandora. We don't like yeah. you. Anyway.
0: <laughs> like, get I, out I'm of hoping, here. I'm hoping. Uh, i hoping to get on Pandora or if XM. XM. If you you
1: can, the then Fire Pandora and XM are cool again. But until then, screw <laughs> them. <laughs>
0: So uh, uh, hopefully, sure. hopefully, I'll get good traffic, and later, later on this summer, I'll be diversifying my marketing for podcasting. So hopefully, I'll get, i get way more out there. And these links, uh, when when you're done with the campaign, make sure you refine your link to the previous campaigns to a storefront where they can go. Because if that's the case, then you can turn my my show notes link into a link that pays dividends in the future on passive pilot.
1: Uh, outstanding and we'll do we'll have backer kits so even after this campaign ends you won't get all the cool swag but you'll still be able to get a signed because one of our tiers is signed by the entire crew which is a near impossibility because nelson daniels in chile but we're making it happen uh with book plates it'll be the only way to get it and we'll have that running literally until february when the series comes out that's when image wanted it out after christmas nice so um Uh, So we will have that. So thank you very much for this. uh, Uh, I hope all your fans, I know I'm a blathering idiot. I've been drawing uh, 3,000 characters trying to get this poster done and doing two shows. I just got my voice back, kind of. So uh, I hope everybody gives us a chance. This is an exciting time for me. And I just wish I could get this in front of everybody's eyeballs because I I think there's a good amount of them that this will uh, uh, do it for them.
0: I I feel after this campaign, the however many backers you have left, will spread that twofold. We'll spread that twofold, and by the time this comes out in February of twenty twenty four, um, it'll be in front of more people than you could have imagined.
1: I I hope so, and I hope your show continues to grow too. Goodwill everywhere. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah good. Right. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, we're trying hard, and I know everybody tries hard, but we got, I mean, this is, hell, uh, 70-something years of professional storytellers together uh, doing uh, uh, something they kind of fell in love with and became a huge passion project and makes us laugh every single day uh, making it. And it's not just stick. We're building stories. And if anybody ever read my outer orbit that I did with Sean Murphy, we make characters that matter that endear themselves to you, even though it's cartoonish, these feel like real people in their world. And that's very important to us as storytellers. And it makes actually makes the humor last more. So instead of just Deadpool saying chimichanga for a joke, we're building an entire joke structure through uh, 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 a scene and a story that's going to involve recall and story threads that carry throughout all 100 pages of this series. So um, we're trying, man. Uh, It's hard to – I know everybody blathers and thinks they created the greatest thing, but uh, I've been around the block, and this is the first time I've laughed this hard, I'd say, since 2005 from Outer Orbit.
0: Wow.
1: Shaun of the Dead was pretty good. That was the year before. Not pretty good. That was amazing to be part of. Um, and uh, which is a crazy story. I just quit Batman. I was all disillusioned. Uh, I was told my career was going to be over. And then my first book after that was Shaun of the Dead. And that was in print for 14 years, you know. And I don't think there's a person you'll meet that doesn't like the movie. So Absolutely. Um,
0: that's one of my favorite movies, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Every scene of that movie is just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Yeah. and if you watch the brilliance of them is they alternate, they really mix their serious tones and well, which creates a, it gives their characters depth and something that matters on the line. With when a family character, Family Guy character, dies, or whatever, something tragic happens to them, you don't care. They're just kind of cartoonish representations. But when you, you make characters that that people feel that identify with them and and feel connected to, uh, they become kind of tangible to them in their lives, and that's the type of characters uh i myself try to make in all my projects and i think i have a team that's uh just as uh drunk and crazy as me to uh uh, get together and try and pull this off
0: (laughs) Um, so well like you said man you could have said it better you got lighting in a bottle here i think what um what's some endearing advice that you could give to uh, uh, lowly ad- ad- admiring or, or aspiring artists or, or writers out there who, who are trying to make a career in comics? Um,
1: well, I, I can say this. First, who knows where the comics medium is going? We got, I mean, as we're talking about AI before, the comics medium's in a weird, weird flux. Is the medium going away? I should say the comics industry's in a weird flux, rather. Comics medium's not going anywhere. It's been around since literally probably whatever we were precursors to, you know, our final human form here. Whatever weird-looking uh large-browed idiots that we were, they're probably still drawing to communicate symbols and things like that. So we're always going to use imagery to tell stories because it's universal. You don't need to know the language if the, the, the symbols you're drawing represent things in life that any human can identify with. That's the power of the medium. You don't need sound. You don't need motion, but you can draw something uh, uh, 50,000 years ago. Uh, that's a Buffalo on a wall. And today we can go, Oh shit, that's a cool looking Buffalo on the wall. and wonder what their life was like. And you can start connecting to that person that you just jump all across that time and, and, and you're touched by the hand and thoughts of that person. Um, I think that's what's beautiful about this medium. Uh, however, obviously the print mediums and it's almost dead and it's gonna become a niche. So to become a pro at something that's in a weird flux right now, we don't know. Obviously there's gonna be digital outlets for this. Um, what the final form and forms of that are, who knows, but we can't control that. We can't control if everything goes digital, if everything goes kind of motion ca- like uh, uh, comics. If think whatever it is, a pan and scan if uh, uh, everything turns into some sort of minor animations per frame uh, mixed with just some niche printings of books for coffee, t- you know, for the deep collectors. Who knows where we're going? That's that's kind of where I'm leaning. But who knows? Uh, no one knows. No one ever predicts the future correctly. So who knows? So all you can do is control what you do. And if if I go Alan Watts about it, I would say no exactly, if money were no object, and and the irony is, if you're working in comic books, money is no object because it's never an object because we're almost always poor, all of us. So uh, it, we, we get... We're the, the bottom of the food chain uh, as far as it goes, the creatives for a project, that the people that come up with it, the artists and writers seldom get rewarded the most or, or what they deserve. So you got to get it out of your mind that I'm doing this for money and a house and blah, 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 um, and esteem and things like that. You're in a niche medium. You're not going to be as popular as, as uh, Elvis ever. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Does No one cares about the most popular comic book artist. Nobody knows outside of comic books. Very few people know Mike Mignola. And he's one of the most seminal talents of, if not the most seminal comic book talent in my lifetime. People just don't care. They'll know a real housewife of whatever city more often than they will Mike Mignola. So that's how society's set up. So you got to get fame out of your head. So if you can get money and fame out of your head, if neither of those things are objects that are, are goals that you're trying to attain. The truth is closer than that. That's, those are just, that's just noise. So when you get real quiet like that and you get all that crap out of there, you just ask yourself, what do I want to do if money and, and and fame were not an object and accolades and all that, if those weren't objects, what would I do with my time? And if you're, if, if what you do with your time is to create something and in my case, comic books or uh, or write comic books or draw comic books or whatever um, it is. You could be film, animation, uh, uh, video games. That's what you need to be doing, not anything else that you think is popular or whatever. Uh, you need to be working towards that goal because the money will come. I'm, I decided not to, I decided to mostly, I can't say completely leave the, the Super Hill realm. So the big two I seldom work for anymore i've done venom you know recently did venom covers and stuff uh that was just to kind of titillate myself i'd never drawn the character but you're never going to find me in a long run of x-men not because there's anything wrong with that medium but it brings me no joy so i won't waste my time with that and i don't really care about the 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 fame and fandom that comes with that so my goal is to own my own stories I've always found the most success i.e., wild wildly yonder uh, when I do my own thing and believe in myself. So I, I would rather tell people to really understand yourself, really get quiet and, and find out what you truly want to do and just do that. Now, when I say just do that, that's, that's when the fight starts. That's when the mountain climbing starts. And you got to understand every person you see that is successful is a bad mf'er. They might not be likable. They may have personality flaws, but they have clawed their way up a mountain. You didn't see the decade or decades that they put in to get as good as they are. So you if this is what you want and you don't care about being poor or whatever, you're going to find a way to do it. And that means to be honest with yourself. Where am I as a professional for professionals over here if i want to be a writer that's as good as jason aaron what why am i not as good as jason aaron and you got to find those deficits and work on them sometimes those deficits take 10 years to own those skills to really to really get good at writing for me drawing it took four hard years to get batman from being a potter to learn teaching myself how to draw, to doing the Hellboy resource manual, to getting detective comics, to being disillusioned, quitting, and then getting shot of the dead and my all my other crazy batshit uh, uh, history of comics that I've had. But I've always had my eye on the prize that I want to own my own IP. I don't want to go to Star Wars. I want to make the next Star Wars. So that's what I work on. I don't care about anything but that. I want to make I. I want to make stories and IP and products that change, that stick with people their whole lives. I want somebody to come up to me and tell me, man, I saw Wild Blue Yonder and it never leaves my drawing table. I learned so much from it. That inspires me to even make more and that inspires them. And then you're giving back to the world uh, while pursuing your own dream and dreams. And, and, and that's how you make it. It doesn't even matter the medium. You just got to learn to kick ass at it and it's hard because some people kick ass easier i could pick up the guitar today no matter how much i practice i'm not going to be Jimi hendrix i just can't so okay i don't have that aptitude but i can play the shit out of the guitar then so i could be in a cool band thus i'm still in music i'm still writing music so you got to find out which battles you can win and how and you can't you got to. you got to attack it fear, fearlessly but You'll notice everybody that doesn't make it gives up at some point. And the ones that do make it just never gave up. And that's what it takes. Never give up and not not lie to yourself, because that's another problem that amateurs sometimes have. They think they're better than they are. You're not. You're not even on you're not even on the first step of the mountain yet. You just see the mountain in the distance and think you climbed it. You gotta get to the damn mountain, and that's a journey in itself. And then it's a good 10 years, I'd say it was a good 10 years before I felt like I didn't have to worry about getting a job after this one ended. And in that that frightening fear that I wasn't gonna be able to pay my mortgage. Am I gonna lose my house? Is my wife gonna hate and leave me because I have no jobs and I have to go draw Aquaman backups or some crap like that? <laughs> um you, you gotta be willing. To fight for what you believe if you really want this and if the answer at any time when you go to bed you're not thinking about you know breaking into comics and screw breaking into comics making your own story good enough that people can't ignore it Um, whether that's writing, drawing or both uh, or whatever you're making you got to get good enough that people can't ignore you and that's how you become successful in that medium and it, it's not magic. It is work, thoughtfulness, uh, having a critical eye of yourself without getting overly depressed. It's walking that crazy tightrope. And that's why you see so many or so few, rather, successful people in in these niche mediums and these art mediums, music, uh, acting, uh, making comic books in any of the, the fields uh, uh, uh uh expert fields that you need to do that uh, or skills you know drawing writing coloring editing publishing all those things takes profound skill and effort and people just think they can come waltzing in to people that have been working their butts off and don't get me wrong a lot of people that have made it forget that they were uh, survived a hard journey and they don't pay that for it and help those below them. That does happen. But most will. Most will say, shit, that was tough. I will help grab the person next below and pull them up to the summit with me. So work hard enough to get within arm reach of somebody that's a little bit above you and tether yourself to them. Um, but never overestimate your skills. Don't resent people if they don't like your work. It's not their fault that you're not, you didn't produce something that they like. Even if you think you got you wrote Godfather, you still got to get somebody to read it and like it. Um, uh, and I don't know, this is a lot of uh, blathering, rambling truth I'm saying, but you gotta, you got. This is a passion-based field, so you gotta nurture that passion in it. And if you don't have that passion, it's just manufactured. You just wish you were on the other side of the table, standing next to Todd McFarlane that's a different sensation of trying willing to want it so bad that you're willing to go without eating for it uh, to go with it. Yeah. I, and these are questions people have to ask themselves, but if you commit, go all the way, Bukowski, that shit, go all the way. Don't stop. Do not stop. Everybody stops and stop stopping. <laughs> stop <laughs> Just Stop it. Um, and, and that's the problem is people are so ready to quit when things get difficult and Holy shit. Diff- the only difficult thing is the first step up the mountain. Everything else is just momentum. Absolutely. So, you know, people have to take a chance in themselves, but not flippantly. They got to be willing to put the work in and it is a grind. And if you haven't been through it, you have no clue. It's going to be harder and lonelier and you're going to want to quit every day. And lonelier than you could possibly imagine. And you're going to want to quit every day. And you got to be willing to fight through that. And you've, you've probably been you know, creating this podcast and, and you're editing and writing and things like that, Michael, I'm sure you've, you've in your, you're, you are in your own struggles with this right now, but people don't give you things. No, we're not trust fund kids in this world. No, we yeah. have what you want. So you got to want it more. And you can do it without harming people and you can do it while being ethical um, and you can do it in your way, whatever that individual way is. But you got to go hard and you can't quit.
0: Yeah, I just I just woke up one morning and I was just like, actually, you know what it was? I I subbed I subbed a a podcast for a client I was working for who couldn't make the episode. So I subbed uh, for um, I subbed for him to explain what the book was about is the first book I I edited credits on. And um, I didn't like how the interview turned out. And I was very critical of, of not myself, but just the host in general for kind of the really bland line of questioning and the really unorganic vibe that I was feeling. There was no connection. I was like, I I could do so much better. And so I kind of like, I don't know, like my mirror image like jumped out and my or my shadow tapped me on the shoulder from behind he's like, can you now? And I just <laughs> challenged myself. That's Carl <laughs> Young
1: shit. Know your yeah. monster, man, your darkness. Yeah. So yeah, that's it, dude. <laughs> it, that that monster's in there. Tap into yeah. it. It's powerful.
0: Yeah, and he just kind of like challenged me. It's like, well, fucking shut the hell up and do it then. I was like, okay. Um. So, you know, episode one to, you know, season four, episode five.
1: Uh... <laughs> there you go, man. You <laughs> but were... it doesn't just happen. You had to grind, and you got to yeah. make got to make that decision. It's it's if you're gonna make a decision to get healthy, physically healthy, mentally, whatever you're gonna do, whatever you're gonna achieve. It, this is talking into. I feel like a, a a YouTube butt model. Whatever you believe, you can do. <laughs> um, but it, it's literally just a decision, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. It was just the decision and the work was just the steps and the product is the steps in conclusion. So yeah. Yeah.
1: And action. There's no amount of words that are ever, uh, uh that carry more weight than action. That's <laughs> why people are like, uh, what should I do for this and that to break into comics, make your own comic. You want to break into comics, make your own damn comic. Because you can show a million portfolios, pitch a million ideas. Nothing beats just taking that damn comic in your hand and handing it to somebody. And make sure it's the best representation of you. And uh, Or your podcasting. You don't tell people that you're a fucking great podcaster. Sorry, I'm cursing a lot now.
0: Good. Um, sorry
1: the- about everyone's virgin ears. <laughs> um, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> You made it happen. You actually did a podcast, and I bet your second podcast was better than your first. And your fifth season podcast is better than your first season. And that's how it goes, man. It, it, uh, but it wouldn't happen if you didn't start recording it and just told people, man, I'd be such a great podcaster. You just don't know. That'd be I so I, awesome.
0: I that a lot in like football fans like like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly right
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, put your money
0: where your mouth is
1: <laughs> exactly so you know just uh it's it's being a pro artist a pro writer is no different than being a pro ball player yeah it it's it's taking your skill set to such a level. Does that mean? That means you gotta sleep well. You can't party as much. You gotta organize your time better. You have to practice and train. All these things like that, just so you can perform, just for a possibility to perform with the the big leagues, just for the slightest possibility. And when you get there, guess what? You still gotta work your butt off because now you're with the best of the best of the best, and you gotta kick even more ass because you're you're amongst even stiffer competition so that it never gets easier the only thing that gets easier is your experience level helps you understand the perspective of it that it's always a fight it never ends but you got to get in the damn fight to even be part of it yeah otherwise you're just sitting on the couch you know talking about uh what could have been or what they should have done with daredevil or blah 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 xyz or the new schneider movie blah 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 who gives an, a flying s your opinion doesn't matter those people making the film whether good or bad uh, or all the stuff in between they don't they don't care because they they're on the mountain and you're on your couch so stop being on the couch and if you're going to be in a chair being it being a damn drawing drawing or writing chair and that's it those are the only times you sit down
0: man I'm, I'm stand big- up
1: sleeping jerks
0: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be thinking about you at uh, Mississippi Comic Con on June 24th, uh, where I'm happy to announce I'll be presenting a panel, uh, <laughs> which is basically about overcoming yourself to step into the the, the spotlight of, of comics as a career, and uh, it it harkens on how to overcome imposter syndrome and how to overcome all these different types of of things that have been propagated by. By uh, by gatekeepers in the industry that say you have to be a certain X Y and Z to do this and accomplish that, and I've gone through a process where I've dispelled a lot of that, uh, including this podcast has been a, a key a key into that because it's been a key into connecting with creators like yourself uh, with lengthy long calibrated careers uh, built upon. Some of the biggest brands uh, that 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 are known in household names and being able to build that bridge between, you know, where I am, where I am and where you are, where you are, or where this creator was and where I am. And it's about expanding industry where there is no industry. And that's kind of been my legacy since I started my career when I finished school. So I'm going to be thinking about things we just talked about just now when I'm talking to all those aspiring creators about uh, about how to start comics, or just how in general you dropped a lot of good life things. Like if if you if you if you wake up one morning and your hands start shaking to the point where your career is like, ah, eh, you should seriously consider becoming a, a uh, an inspiration coach because uh, <laughs> that was some pretty serious unicorn shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> well, fantastic, dude! First, <laughs> say hi to all the Mississippi. Uh, knuckleheads. I played ball for Mississippi state in college and, uh, uh, haven't been back since, but I did five years, uh, uh, in Mississippi after the Marines. And, uh, uh, so say hi to everyone. And two, that's beautiful. Teach people to self-actualize and you don't need to teach them a damn other thing because they're going to teach themselves. They're going to be on fire. to teach themselves
0: absolutely Uh, japanese mythology man Uh, to give a man a fish he eats for a day teach a man to fish and uh and uh he he can eat for a lifetime what if he
1: beat a man with a fish
0: i I mean then i guess he just smell fishy
1: (laughs) <laughs> so, so beat a man with a fish. He smells like a fish for a lifetime, or
0: or he might remember to actually catch that fish the next time it comes up for air. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, man, no, a- don't beat men with fish. That's our <laughs> message. In conclusion, in summary, no, no man fish crimes. <laughs>
0: I want to thank you so much, man, for coming onto the podcast. You're, you're a trip and a unicorn of creators in a in a vast sea of everybody trying to claw their way up the mountain.
1: Uh, absolutely honored, Michael. And you got a great little show here. Uh, I don't mean to call it little, be emasculating. It's a big, big, thick show. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm honored to be here. And please, everybody, just at least watch the trailer for Moonshine Bigfoot. The trailer can do more than I could possibly. Uh, explain in, in some rambling desperate attempt to get you to watch it it's 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 own thing I think everybody can find something fun in it and uh, Michael thank you so much
0: no problem man thanks for joining me on this on this awesome 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 ride uh, that's, the, that's the tardy party folks uh, the, the link to the video will be in the show notes on this show uh, uh, when you go look it up at uh, Spotify I Radio, Google uh, wherever podcasts are posted, I'm more than likely there. You'll notice the, the little Pop-Tart with the hammer coming out. I'm Inevitable Mike. This is uh, Zach Howard, the creator of Moonshine Bigfoot, out on Kickstarter now. Go support him because it's awesome, and so are you. And until then, never ask for permission to create shit. We wear big feet on this podcast, as you should wear big feet with your career.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>
0: Hello, my name is Michael Nunley from Omen Comics and Revelation Comics. I had a great time on Comics and Pop-Tarts podcast, talking about making comics on that long and windy road it takes to make them. I recommend this show to anyone who wants to give a little bit back to the community and for creators, maybe learn a little something about making comics.